you got lighters, get your lighters out. I probably shouldn't be smoking this episode, but you know how we do around here. It's that D-Gen shit. Um, what's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is GM. This is Four Things. Uh, that is my actual name for anybody who doesn't know. I uh, just wanted to throw that out there real quick before we get into this. Um, the reason why I said I shouldn't be smoking is because, uh, just to give everybody a heads up, if I sound a little bit off, if I'm a little bit out of it or anything like that, um, I I had some dental work done yesterday that was some kind of like emergency uh, dental work. And, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of getting over it now. And, uh, and so I, I shouldn't be smoking because I had a tooth pulled, but at the same time, um, I, and I hate saying this, but I've had enough teeth pulled at this point that I think I've got it figured out. Um, so I'm just gonna, just gonna do what I do. Um, it's weird. I I'm looking at my, my, uh, my sounds right now on the Zencaster thing. We've been having issues just to let everybody know some technical, some technical issues getting into this. And for some reason, my bars are not moving at all. Does anybody, uh, I'm just going to make sure that my bars are good. Um, guest, if you can go ahead and introduce yourself, let me know who you are, what you do, why they may know you or why you would want them to know you. And are my bars moving? Uh, yes, they are. Okay, uh, then I think you actually, should be good. Yeah, I was asking. That's that's why I was asking earlier. Yours were doing the same. Yeah, thing. yeah. Well, I hope we're, we're good. good. <laughs> if not, we're just gonna have a fun <laughs> conversation for an hour and tell everybody about it. But yeah. uh, but go ahead, let the people know who you are, what you do, why they may know you, or why you would want them to know you. Uh, well, so my name is uh, Ed Herrera. I'm from Los Angeles, California. I go by Hood Van Gogh everywhere you might see me. Um, I am a commercial artist. I'm, I'm kind of. The way that I describe myself is I'm the poster child for commercial art. So basically anything and everything pertaining to um, ads, illustrations, uh, marketing collateral, et cetera, primarily in the music industry, um, I'm that guy. So yeah, that's kind of um, – I think that's sort of the gist of it. Um, I, I went to school at uh, Otis College of Art and Design. I graduated in 2014 with um, – with my bachelor's in um, communication arts with an emphasis on illustration. Um, so there I studied a little bit of all of those things that I'm currently working in. So a little bit of ad, a little bit of graphic design. And uh, then it was a whole lot of illustration, but I've subsequently just learned a whole bunch afterwards. And I kind of do a little bit of everything now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where, where I'm at currently. Um, you got some big names under your belt, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess we like to get right to it. Okay, we like to get right to it around here. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see. Well, I, I I've been working. I would say probably now for the past ten years. Uh, it was so random because I I, I never thought. Um, I guess when you go into illustration, you you kind of you don't really think about like what types of work uh, you might be able to get. Yep. And so initially I only went to illustration because I felt like at the time um, animation work was sort of running out, you know, yep. it was kind of all going overseas and, and all through high school and stuff like I've been doing, I've been wanting to um, do the art thing since as far back as, as I can remember. I know a lot of people say like, Oh, I've been drawing since I was in the womb and this right, and that right, right. like, but like, like legit, I can honestly say um, I, I was taking still life drawing classes when I was like eight years old. I was going to say was, you were making V friends before V friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it was my mom. It, it literally, I remember the moment it happened because it was. Um, I was in elementary school. I was in kinder, and there was this drawing contest that they had, and it was basically you were supposed to draw some real life object, real big on a poster, and like you know, render it out to the best of your abilities. And so at the time, of course, like any other kid, um, I was obsessed with uh, Hot Cheetos and Chester Cheetah. Uh -huh. And so uh, I just remember I drew this gigantic Hot Cheetos bag and I won whatever that contest was. And it was like a, a, like a Pizza Hut voucher or some shit. And uh, yeah, and then after that, uh, my mom was like, okay, well, I guess that's what you're into and we're going to we're going to put you in art classes so you stay off the streets. And that was 
I mean, that was legit. Like, um, what happened after that? So ever since elementary school, I took, you know, still life drawing classes. Like I said, when I was like about eight and then I moved on to like taking comic comic book classes and, uh, animation classes and all throughout that, my mom kept putting me into, um, these programs that had some sort of media attached to them. So like she would find whatever schools had some sort of magnet program that was like with an emphasis on the arts and she would try to push me into all that stuff as much as she could. So all throughout school, it was um, photography, um, 2D animation. I did a couple of years of um, when I was in high school, they had just put in this like multi-million dollar program and, um, and I was doing, you know, cell by cell animation then. And so that's when I graduated high school, that's really what was like at the forefront of my mind was like, I want to make cartoons. And, um, but at that time, I mean, we're talking 2003, 2004, something like that. Uh, at the time, all the animation stuff was going overseas and people were complaining that basically that industry was sort of, um, running out, uh, in particular, like you heard about a lot about it here. Um, cause like I said, I'm in Los Angeles. So, um, uh, I'm in the San Fernando Valley, which is adjacent to Burbank where all the animation studios are. So like Pixar and Warner brothers and all that stuff that's right here in proximity. And, um, and so at the time it just, you just heard that there was no work. And so I was like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to get out and go into an industry that's already hard enough to get into, but also find that there's like no work. And so after that, I kind of started paying attention to, um, these big illustrators, like, uh, you know, at the time it was like, they were, you know, they were at the top of their, at the top of their game, um, like Bob Dobb, Nathan Oda, Jeff Soto. And like, I know you might be seeing some of these folks also around like the, um, the NFT scene now. Right. Um, so it's it's kind of cool how how things have sort of come full circle. But like Bob Dobb, I don't know if you're familiar with his work or not, but Bob Dobb was um, Bob Dobb and Nathan Oda were were two of the guys that like I saw right after I graduated high school and I went into community college. I was taking some art classes and I saw those guys come in and I was like, that's maybe that's the avenue that I want to go down because those guys were just coming up with dope paintings and they were doing like gigs. I remember one of them said they did some gig for IBM for like $15,000 for this illustration. And, you know, especially at the time I was like, holy fuck, I didn't even know you could make that kind of money. I was sorry if I'm cussing. I don't know if we're, no, allowed, no, no, no. If we're allowed to or not. No, man, um, you can, you can say whatever, you can say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bleep, bleep me out after. <laughs> no, 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 no yeah. edits on this one. Um, so yeah, so, so that's kind of, that's what got my mind in, onto, onto illustration in particular and doing the commercial, the commercial work thing, um, was like, like, wow, these guys are just doing whatever they want and they're getting hired to do all these crazy cool gigs and they kind of get to put a little bit of their own, uh, flavor into the, in the mix. And so, um, that's, that's subsequently I ended up going to, uh, Otis college and yep. that's and I, and I went there actually specifically because Bob Dobbin and Nathan Oda were teaching there at the time. And I said, I want to go and learn from those guys. Those are the guys who inspired me. Of course. I'm only yeah. going to I'm only going to apply to Otis. And I did. And I got in. And here we are now. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, dude. It's, it's so. So, <laughs> yeah. So my whole life has has uh, revolved around art for sure. Um, well. Um, and you're yeah. right now you've been doing stuff in the, uh, like the art, uh, media, um, visual music world. Is that, is that what's been going on? Yeah. So, so I guess after college, um, just like anybody else, I was trying to like apply places to figure out what the hell I was doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at the time I was like, okay, well, I guess what I can do is I can go work for some sort of ad firm and, you know, see if they need illustrators or whatever, and then kind of uh, work my way into some kind of like art director position where I just get to come up with cool ideas and everybody else helps execute. And so that was kind of the plan. Um, and I started just doing a whole bunch of random gigs. It was like um, immediately after college, I worked for Hulu mm-hmm. for this. Um, it's called Transmedia. I don't know if you've ever heard of the term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah that sounds very okay. familiar. Yeah. So, so transmedia, so basically taking like, let's say 
Um, and and I, had, I didn't even know what this was. So when I found this out, that this was like a space that you could get into, <laughs> I know it, exactly. it, blew, it blew my I, mind because I, I was like, holy shit. Like, you know what my, uh, you know what my thing was like that? Um, uh, had, my, my thing like that was typography. Uh-huh. I didn't know that typography was like a real thing. I just knew <laughs> that throughout my entire, like from when I was 17 or 18 and doing like my own like mixtape covers and flyers and stuff like that uh-huh. for like local gigs until I was about – 30 years old or so for like those 12 years. Um, I just knew when I looked at something, I could tell if it was off. Like right. if I, if I looked at the spacing in, in, you know, words or whatever, like when I was putting stuff on flyers or whatever, I would move something around five, six, seven, eight times or whatever. And in my head, I was like, Nope, not right. Not right. Not right. Doesn't look yeah. right. And, and I would show people and I'd be like, how does that look? And they'd be like, Oh, look, that looks fucking great. And I'm like, no, it's off. Like there's something off about it. Like I'm telling you, like it feel like it feels tight. Like there's something about it that feels tight. Like it makes it makes me as like a creator feel tight. You know what I mean? And then that's when I realized like I I uh <clears throat> I was at a buddy's house and he had a roommate that was he was going to like one of the top typography schools in the uh in the the country in Arizona. Uh-huh. And uh his whole experience was like, you know, he had to, if they had a project to make and they had to put it in a binder, he had to make the binder. Like he had to make the binder. Then he had to make the pages. Then he had to make, like, it was all about like every bit of it was about the spacing and about, you know, the creating uh, process or whatever. And that's when I realized, like when he talked to me about it, I'm like, wait, what is this called? And he's like, Oh, this is, it's typography, blah, 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 this and that. And like, he would show me like what he was doing, like with line work and stuff like that. I'm like, bro, I've been doing this for fucking years. I'm not nearly as good as you, but now it all makes sense to me. Like now I get it. Like I thought I was just crazy for a second, but it turns out that this is like a real thing. Right. Right. You know, people have full careers and communities and all that off of this. Oh yeah. hundred percent. You know, so, but yeah. sorry to interrupt what you were saying. But no, ahead. no, you're good. Yeah. So, so, um, so I figured out what transmedia is. So mm-hmm. for, for those folks who don't know, it's basically, taking some sort of IP or content or whatever, be it a movie, a TV show or otherwise, and getting people engaged with that content off of the original platform. So like for me, that was working, you know, when I worked for Hulu, it was um, a TV show that they had at the time. Uh, I think it was their first Hulu original series. It was called um, East Los High. It was either the first one or one of the first ones. And on the show, they had this illustrator and the kid was like in high school and he liked to draw and whatever. And he drew for the school paper. And so my job was to, to draw all the stuff that they showed uh. on film, but also um, to get people engaged off of, off of the show. Um, what they did was they came up with a website and it was like a high school website, right? So they were like, go to islosheigh.com or whatever it was. And, and you can check out some of the articles by some of the, the um the actors on the tv show and so it was like it was kind of like they had a real school paper right so you could go and you could read the school paper quote unquote um, but it was really just like this transmedia company trying to get people engaged with that content even further by creating these articles and then and then my job for the paper was to create these illustrations and so i was creating these illustrations and people could share them and like them and do whatever with them and and it was just a way to to be like how cool there's this illustrator on the show and here he is working for a real paper and you could really look up this this real school paper and engage with it and share it and whatever and so that was the first time i was like whoa i never thought that you could right you realized this that, like that was the first like know? web three moment for you i guess like yeah, that, like, yeah, like, like, was, like oh that all right i get it now yeah so i was like okay this is a whole other route of things i could be doing you know, so mm-hmm. I, I think ever since my my ever since that moment, my my career, it sort of changed the trajectory because I was like, OK, I could really do anything I could do. I could create whatever I want to create. And the more holistic I make it, the better it is as a piece of content. And so, like, you know, if I'm going to create this design, why just have it exist um, on my Instagram page? Why not? turn that thing into a poster or go and wheat paste that thing somewhere and then have people be able to scan it. And when they scan it, it leads to this other website where they can play this whole animation or like, you know, so my mind is always thinking one step further. And I think as a result of that, um, I've had a bunch of different interesting things go down in my career as far as like the kind of jobs I've 
I've done, you know, right. like, um, yeah, so it's, so it's kind of crazy. So, so that's what I was doing straight out of college. And the way I got into the music thing was totally by random chance. I was on the bus because um, I didn't have a car at the time. <laughs> and uh, I was on the bus. I was drawing. Um, I was just like doing some doodles. I used to I, like my whole thing was practice as many hours of the day as possible. 10,000 so hours. Yep. I, would, I would draw as many people on that bus as I could before I had to jump off. Right or be- or before they jumped off, which I didn't know when that would happen. So I had to <laughs> it was sketch- like a game. I, yeah, so I had to sketch fast. You know, like I had to get used to like you got to work real quick and you got to be precise. And well, it's so- important what you're saying because there's a lot of people out there, like even myself. Like when I have artists on or whatever, I'm like, if there's one thing that I wish I could do, you know, um, Ed, like if there's one thing, like one talent that I wish I really had, it would be to to be able to draw and and like. Um, a lot of people are like, well, you can draw, like, you just gotta, you gotta work at it. And I'm like, I, all right, I know, but I'm so late in the game right now. Like you got such a head start and they're like, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta do it, man. Like you'll, you'll get better. Like you'll suck at first and then you'll get better. And I'm like, no, no, no. I understand because I did the rapping thing. And when I yeah. first started rapping, I really sucked. Like I was not good at all. And then eventually I found my own style. I found my own, my own thing. And like, I, I think I was, I think I'm pretty good. Like I, like at, at any point, somebody could say to me like, Hey, I need a verse. You have 30 minutes or whatever. And I'm like, all right, cool. I got you. And like, and, and I'm confident with what I, what I return. I, I can't do that with drawing though. Like even like with the, uh, the time that I've put in just over the last few years of just kind of like messing around with stuff, I still don't feel comfortable. Like I still feel, and it's like, you, you just got to put in the hours, you know? Yeah. That's the, honestly, that's really it. I, I tell people the same thing all the time. I'm like, you know, no one's any better than anybody else. It's just really, it's just a matter of putting the amount of time in that it requires, right. you know, um, I would totally agree with that. But, but yeah, so, so by random chance, I was sitting there drawing, um, and these these this group of people were on the bus, and they were just like, "Hey, man, that's a really dope drawing! Like, I love it." Blah blah blah. What are you drawing? And so I showed them, and then they were like, "Can we take?" I'm drawing you. You know, they're like, <laughs> "Well, I, at the time, I, I remember, I remember because it was a it was sort of pivotal for me in that like that's when I first started doing the music thing. So like. I was drawing this this like uh, this bamboo drinking a glass of wine or something, and he's like laughing all crazy, and it was just like I was just bullshitting around. Right. And this guy's like, "Wow, this is fucking awesome! I really love your work." Like, listen, I can't talk right now because I'm tripping balls off of acid, <laughs> but he's like, <laughs> he's so like the best connections are made. <laughs> yeah, dude. And he's like, he's like, we're all fucking rolling right now, or like I don't remember what the fuck they were on, but they were just like, we're tripping right now, so we can't talk, but. You know, when we're done with this, we're going to hit you up because we have an album coming out. We need to cover blah, 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 blah. I said, cool. So who was it? It, it was just this random dude. Um, at the time, uh, gosh, what was it? I don't remember. I don't even remember what the name of their band was anymore. Because I mean, they, they dismantled and everything. But I thought I was going to have one of those stories where it's going to be like, and it was the Far Side. Who the fuck? No, was? And I was no, going to be like, wow, dude. that's crazy. <laughs> but like, I guess not. <laughs> no, no, it was just some random dudes. Right. That really liked. That's how it music. works. But, uh, but I started doing covers for this guy, and he goes by Apollo Zeta now. I don't know if he still does stuff. I think it's been a few years since he's even done the music thing. But, right. But yeah, so, so I, uh, I started doing covers for him and then putting those out. And at the time, I had a day job as well. You know, I was, like, I was working as, um, as a screen printer at this uh, printing company called Printful. Mm-hmm. And while I did that, I was just trying to take on as many of these little side projects as I could. And that kind of grew the my audience as as far as like people that were interested in music and art, both of those things together, and and kind of like the rest is history. I, I think um, I think when I really got into the industry was I started working for this local rapper um, Stanley Vaughn. He goes by Vonnie Ocho, okay. and um, and when I started working with him, he didn't have a big budget. But I where really, are you from? I, uh, the San Fernando Valley. Oh, okay. Los Angeles. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, that dude's from the Valley as well. And he's, he just was like um, really into my artwork and I, and I was really into his music. I mean, I still am really into his music and, and I was just like, let's work together. I said, I'll put up, I'll put up way more content that, than you can afford to pay for, but you just have to agree to let me art direct the thing. And so right. he did. And um, I worked on a whole bunch of stuff for him. And so I, I made it so that I was like designing his covers but on the covers, he would be wearing the clothing that I would design. So oh, like, that's cool. 
so I was like designing the clothing that he was wearing as, as like, you know, within this illustration, I was designing that clothing. And then when he dropped an album, we would drop a whole bunch of clothing along with it. And this dude was doing like, I mean, and I like I was watching it with my own eyes. Like this dude was like coming up thousands, thousands of thousands, like whenever we would do a drop and the parties were crazy and a bunch of people were showing up and stuff and tons of people sharing it and whatever. And um, after that is when I started getting the the attention of um, some slightly bigger folks. Like that's when Lil Zan's team hit me up Mm -hmm. and I started doing stuff for those guys. And then after that, I started working with um, WAC 100. And I still work with him quite a bit. He hits me up a lot. Um, is he a? I'm guessing he's. It sounds like he's a good dude. Is that what you're going to say? Because I mean, it, I don't think anybody could really say Wax a bad dude if you if you're around him. Like you're not well, going to yeah. say he's a bad dude. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to speak good or bad on any of my clients. Right. Uh, but as, as far as, <laughs> as 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 far as my experience goes with Wack, Wack, yeah. hey, dude. As far as my experience goes with him, like he's been good to me. You know, he was exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can. He was, yep. he, you know, he was the first person to say, oh, how much do you charge? Oh, forget that. I'll pay you a thousand dollars right now. And yeah, I, I heard Wack talking know? about, I heard Wack talking about how, um, he, he was talking about how him, like when he would have an artist or whatever, um, that wanted to meet Suge Knight, uh, oh. he would, he would tell the artist, um, like, like, yo, you got to You got to give me 20 racks. Like you give me 20,000. Yeah. And and basically he would go to Suge and he would give Suge fifteen, and then he would take five, and then then he would do the meeting with the dude. But the meeting would be at, like on like the corner, like a street corner, basically, like literally on like the side of the street. But that's <laughs> but that's what the, that's what the deal was. Like I'm just gonna get you in front of Suge and like and and, and it was for for twenty k. And that's like normal industry hip hop standard, basically. So like, when, it's funny because with people in the NFT world, like when they're talking about like you know handouts and influencers and payouts and all that kind of stuff, it's like I'm, I don't agree with it. But at the same time, like you got to understand that it happens. And if you and if you try to act like, oh my god, I'm so shocked that this happens, I, I would never believe that this would happen. Like you're gonna have so much to learn in this game. Yeah. Yeah, you totally. know, so much because this is so I, I feel like coming from like the music, uh, the music world and stuff like that. Now, I'm not Suge Knight and I'm not Wack 100 or anything like that, but I've I've seen a lot of shady shit. Um, I've been around a lot of shady people. I've been around good people. Um, it's same kind of thing. You know what I mean? You know, that's the thing is I think I think people get wrapped up in a lot of different ideas that have nothing to do with what it is and what it is. is it's a business. And so. You know, when it comes down to it, uh, business is business and you got to do what you got to do. You know, like I think I think these things are tend to feel a little bit more personal than right. they are. At the end of the day, this dude is a manager working for this label who is under a bigger label and everybody's got to answer to somebody. And so I think that people forget that and they're just like, oh, well, there's this individual and he must speak for himself <laughs> and he's the only one that, that that is saying these things or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you got it's like a game of telephone when it comes to the music industry, dude. That's that's so why that, you know, that's yeah. that's where my gripe comes in. I've been if you uh, I think actually you, I think you just followed me kind of recently on Twitter over the last week or so, um, Ed. And yeah, I think I followed you right right before you fall. Right, right, right. right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we were. Um, yeah. Um, so uh, you've been around for the last week or so, and uh, and you've probably seen some of my tweets or whatever. And on Twitter, I'm very, I'm, I'm very vocal. Uh, I've been on Twitter for a long time, so I know how to express myself within the the, the limits of Twitter or whatever, or to to kind of you know play the game <laughs> or whatever. So like, so I, I I have fun with it. Like some some days. I look at Twitter as almost like a it's it's kind of like a game. I don't look at it as an engagement game, but I look at it as like a how can I I look at it like kind of creatively of like how can I express myself through um you know through this device or whatever. And yeah. I think that sometimes that's through like satire and stuff like that where like I'll kind of say like a fake engagement tweet like last week I said something like um uh, just real quick, anybody that's following me, if you're not a robot, just say hello. I, I just want to make sure. Exactly, dude. And I mean, that's it's like, just, 
And that was like my shittiest possible engagement tweet that I could think of. Like, (laughs) what is like the dumbest engagement tweet? You know what I mean? And like, and, and, uh, and then what's funny is about seven hours later, I saw one of these influencers did the same exact tweet. I swear to you the same exact tweet, but they were, they were quote unquote serious because they had bots that were, or people were questioning that they had bots that were, that were following them. So they wanted to make sure that everybody was real. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, stop this, like do something to contribute to this community or or stop that shit you know what i mean and like i think that's where like i i look at it like with with a lot of these um influencers right now that t- that say that they're here for the community here to help the artist or the you know the community members or you know whatever um i feel like a lot of them they don't have contracts to like i know for a fact they don't have contracts to anybody they don't have obligations to anybody like like um i just got into a thing with with uh, art chick this last week where she blocked me now because um i i tried to explain to her that when you do an ad you 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 have to hashtag it ad like you, you just have to like that's part of the deal at this point like that's just the way it goes it's not like a a community opinion or anything it's 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 legalities like you have to do that i tried is, to point is it this- is it really yeah, it's yeah, yeah. There's an influencer law that um that popped up from uh from the Instagram days where now that's why like when you see like Khloe Kardashian or whatever like put out like a thing that she she puts ad like she has to hashtag it ad and if she doesn't that that that's that's a federal offense like they there's there's an actual you know deal for this or whatever. Interesting. So it's because of Fire Festival and all that kind of stuff like all the influencers from from before or whatever. So. I hit her up and I was like, Hey, you, you know, by the way, if you're going to do this, you can't just put two, four, seven, six burn tokens for, for this, uh, advertisement or whatever. Like that doesn't work. Like you have to, or for this, uh, for this tweet, like you have to hashtag it ad. And she goes, and she replies to me and she goes, um, and she says, Oh, this isn't, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm being transparent, blah, blah, blah. I said, I'm look, I'm not here to argue with you. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm trying to help you. Like I'm trying to explain to you that this is the way it works. So the next day, all of a sudden, she comes out and says, "So in the in transparency, I'm now going to hashtag my uh, my ads as dot as hashtag ad." So I reply to her and I go, uh, "I I never even got a thank you. Like I'm out here trying to help you out, and I never even got a thank you, our chick. What's going on?" And so she DMs me, "Thank you," and I'm like, "Shit, you couldn't even put it on the timeline for me? Like there like there's nothing." She replies and she goes, "Um." It, I, I, uh, if I put it on my timeline, then it's going to have notifications for, for people. And, um, and that was, I guess that's a big deal for her because she doesn't want to have everybody's notifications go off, off of her saying, thank you to me. Why not? Like, that's, that's what, that's where the point comes in where like, she's not being paid by anybody. If, if she's here for the community, she's not being paid by anybody. She has no, she has nothing to lose by replying to me or by, by shouting me out on her precious timeline. If anything, it would drive listeners to my show. It would drive traffic to my timeline to my show. Um, I don't know. Like it's stuff like that that makes me so kind of aggy on Twitter or whatever sometimes over this stuff where I'm just like, this is bullshit. You know what I mean? Like all you have to do is just sort of, like Gary V, shout out to Gary V. He just he just did something for brain vomit. If everybody wants to go back about two episodes, I had um I had Steven Ray on the show, uh, Brain Vomit. And since then his life has fucking changed. Um Gary shouted out uh, Stephen, um, plugged his project a couple times, more than a couple times, probably about a half a dozen times on his timeline. And um, Stephen's project sold out, and his floor is over point two something right now. And uh, look, I've 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 followed Stephen now for like probably like four months, five months, or whatever on Twitter. Like I was there when he got his iPad. Like you know, I saw him like take ETH from his first sale and get an iPad, and not be sure if he was even going to be able to afford an iPad and all that kind of stuff, or if he should get it because it would be a, an investment that was worth it. And since then he's, he's become an, a name in the community. And now after the Gary V shout out, he's out here. Like he's literally, I mean, he just changed his, his, his life overnight and that didn't cost Gary anything. You know what I mean? He just had to, he just had to support somebody that didn't have 10,000 followers or wasn't a foundation main artist or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that can be said about that stuff, but um, but it is what it is. I I guess so. Um, 
I'm just giving you a heads up that if you ever see me on my timeline and I'm out here and I'm, I do, I'm, I do. I was gonna say <laughs> it did. I saw that and I was like, oh man. Uh, let's hope this guy doesn't say anything too fucking crazy on this podcast. No, 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 no. I'm not like that's. Oh shit! Hold on. That's the thing, man. I like I'm I'm not um I'm not like a crazy guy. I don't think I'm a crazy guy. Like I think I'm a passionate person. Oh no, I just um, mean. It's business, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, oh, I can, yeah, yeah. I, I, I conduct myself way different when it comes to business and how I am outwardly versus how I might be among my friends or somebody ah, close see, to me. See, you now, see what I'm saying? Like, I, com- it's, yeah. I completely understand what you're saying. Now, because like I said, we had, a, we had a podcast before called The Blind Box where we had over 250 guests and most about – I'd say about half of those guests were designer toy artists, um, were, uh, were illustrators like yourself, um, were just uh, different creatives and stuff like that. And some people would, would come on and be really loose and, and be like, yeah, I don't give a fuck, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Then other people would come on and be very you know professional or whatever. And I kind of had to feel it out and see. But the one thing I'll say is I never change. You know what I mean? Like I, I have to be the way that I am because like like with, with this show, and I'm not saying that you're that you that you're not being you. I'm just saying that's that's kind of what I've like with doing this show, that's what I when I went into it, I was like, I have to be me, like all the time. If I can't be me doing the show all the time, like the guy that you like how you're talking about, like you're you know, professional, but then when you're with your friends, I have to be the guy that is with his friends all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because well, I, mean, I have yeah. to. Because I want you to feel like you're with your friends. Well, you know I mean, what I'm saying? You know, if that's if that's the thing that that works for you, then it works. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like uh, I'm just um, business is at the uh, at the forefront of my mind all the time because I'm I'm a workaholic, and so I think about um, how all of these things can positively or negatively affect me and the right. things that I'm trying to accomplish. And so I have to think about those things first before I think about you know my ego or um, whether, you know, how I feel about a situation that comes secondary uh, right. when it comes to business. And so, but anyways, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other topic of conversation. Um, we can, we can get back to, um, to this music thing. Yep. Um, dude, uh, I have a whole bunch of stories. So if you have specific questions, mm-hmm. feel free to ask. Otherwise I can just tell you my, my weirdest moments. Um, yeah, go for uh, what do you what do you got? What because just because you mentioned it, I I feel I'll like you, you have something in mind. Well, I, I mean, I'll tell you just like the most random shit I, that I've done, just because I feel like, like I was saying before, you know, it kind of my my career kind of took a turn to where I just started doing all kinds of shit, and so I feel like um, when people look at my work, they may not realize the extent of the things that I I do or can do or have done. Right. Um, so. Um, and also I don't post too much about it on, on Twitter. Um, I'm trying to get better at that, but, right. but anyways, yeah, as far as the freelance thing goes, um, while I was working at that company printful, like I said, I was kind of building up my portfolio, um, in, in the, in the music scene randomly out of nowhere. One day I get this call and this dude's like, Hey, um, you know, I need, I need this like jumpsuit designed, you know, for a client. Um, can you do it? And I said, well, yeah, sure. Why not? You know? And, uh, he was like, yeah, I just need this illustrations, whatever. I said, okay, cool. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be for, for Ray Sremmer. It's going to be for their Srem Live 2 tour. And, uh, and I was like, okay. I was like, how did you get my contact info? And he was like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so apparently some dude that I had worked with, um, gave him my contact info and he just, hit me up and he was like okay well i'm gonna give you an address can you show up tonight i said yeah sure and it got later and later in the day and i was like oh this is kind of a sketchy weird situation (laughs) you know i'm like i don't know if this is legit or if i'm about to get robbed or what the deal is right and i was like okay whatever 11 o'clock at night rolled around (coughs) and he finally hits me back up and he goes okay here's the address can you meet us now and i was like okay i saw the address so i was in the encino hills and I was like, okay. I'm like, it can't, it can't be too sketchy. So I, so I went and, uh, yeah, dude, sure enough. It was, um, it was Sway Lee's mansion in, right. uh, in Encino and he comes to the gate, opens it up or whatever the, the stylist does. We walk in, um, 
like there was just shit everywhere. Like they had just moved in. I don't know if they had just moved in or not, but it was like total, it looked like totally a bachelor's pad, you know? Right. And uh, we go straight up into his bedroom, which was also really weird. I go into this dude's bedroom and he's just like, he's got his computer on and he's like playing whatever beats. He's got his fucking platinum plaques just like sitting on the floor and just like shit everywhere. And he's like, you want to smoke? And he's rolling up the biggest fucking blunt I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I'm like, nah, dude, I'm good. And, uh, and he just kind of started smoking. He's like, yeah. So anyway, I want this, like, I want this suit designed. So we sat there and he drew in my sketchbook and I drew in it and we designed this jumpsuit that he wanted. That was kind of like, um, he said he wanted a cross between like kill bill and, um, Bruce Lee and he just like wanted this like yellow jumpsuit thing designed and he wanted me to make sure that I put in stuff like you know how we were going to conceal the zippers and you know how how the sleeves would go on and whatever and so I designed this whole thing sent it over to a stylist and then and then I think they wanted some edits or something or like I don't know what happened we kind of lost communication and I never heard back um I never like I don't know if I asked, I don't even know if I asked the guy for payment or not, but I never even got paid. It was just like, I don't know. I, I don't remember what happened. I think maybe I just lost their contact info. I don't know. Something happened. And a few months later, he's on tour and he's wearing the fucking jumpsuit. And uh, it was just crazy. That was just like so fucking random. Like I wasn't a fashion designer. Like nobody knew me. And just randomly this dude hit me up and and, and I did that. And it was crazy because right after that, um, uh, God, what's his, um, Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. like his, his, uh, personal assistant hit me up and was like, Hey, um, we want this like shirt design for Vin Diesel. <laughs> and it was literally like, he just wanted a shirt based on himself for this like movie that he was trying to produce at the time, which was, um, called, it was based on Hannibal Barca, which was like this, like some type of like conqueror that used like elephants in battle. And he was like the first person to do so. And he like took these elephants over the French Alps and, and like fought the Roman empire or something like some crazy story. And Vin Diesel had been trying to make this movie and he wanted to make himself like the lead in it. And his big idea for this t-shirt was to design this, uh, this shirt with him as that character on an elephant and that's what he wanted. And so I did a whole shitload of illustrations. They paid me thousands of dollars. And in the end, they produced this one shirt and he wore it to announce Fast and Furious. <laughs> uh, so if you so if you look Christ. so if you look it up, if you look it up, you'll see like if you look up Vin Diesel Fast Furious 8 announcement or something, you'll see him wearing the fucking shirt. It's this gray shirt, and it's him on this on this battle elephant. Um so that was kind of a crazy random job. And then outside of that, like I got hired to do stuff like, um, like for New Balance, I went and did this booth at like the Disney convention and they just came out with these like limited edition shoes that were spe- like specifically only released at the convention and people were having me draw on them. I'm like, that is the most like backwards idea I've ever heard of. You're going to take these fucking shoes that are, don't exist anywhere else and you're going to have me fucking doodle over them. Right. Like, uh, yeah. It just seems so backwards, but people fucking loved it, dude. So like I did shit like that. So like that was all like when I was, when I was freshly out of college, I was just doing all that random stuff. And, um, but yeah, fa- fast forward to now, I, uh, right now at the moment I was working freelance, um, full time for a while. And then um, I randomly started getting job offers, and uh, one of them was for the to become the what was it the director of creative services for Warner Music. And so I think the job was I was going to be managing all the art directors and stuff, right? Um, but we just uh, we couldn't come to an agreement, so that didn't that ended up coming through. Um, and then after that, I got hit up by um, by Cookies, the cannabis company, right? And they were like, hey, we're looking for this and that and the other. And we talked about the possibility of a long-term contract maybe just for like a set amount of hours working for them per month. And uh, uh, Farid, who's the the main dude um, in my department, 
uh, I forget the title, but he's the, the sort of the head of the media, like basically all the ads and things that they put out. Right. He reached out and he said, you know, um, do you want a full-time job? And I told them all my wants and they hit everyone. And I said, cool, this is dope. And so I joined. So now I'm kind of doing the, I'm doing the freelance thing and I'm working full-time and I'm doing a whole, just like a slew of things outside of that. But, um, but it's been great. Like I get to, I get to work within the cannabis industry, which is nuts. Like there's so much money in there. There's like, you could do so much cool stuff because stoners love weird art and, um, you know, it's just, it's fun. And, um, yeah, then outside of that, I, I work a lot with, uh, with UMG. There's a, there's an art director over there, Chris Felds. Um, I work with him a lot. Uh, shout out him. He's dope. He, he's been doing it for, I think like 20 years or something like that. Dude's great. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where, where I'm at now. And NFTs, of course, I'm doing a whole, you know, as many NFTs as I can fit in. Between yeah, I was going to ask you, how'd you, uh, how'd you get in the end into the NFT world? Well, I've been, so I invested in crypto. I invested in Ethereum in like 2016 mm-hmm. and the tank Early. and, and, and I was like, Oh, fuck this. <laughs> and <laughs> I forgot all about my wallet and everything. I just like literally just like was like didn't save my passwords or nothing, and uh, and and then it blew up. And I, when I tried to log in again, the the account or the way that I had signed up or something, the way that I had registered, it was some fucking Chinese company, and they were no longer supporting something, something, something. So locked out, just like half of the other people. And um, but I was, you know, it was already a space that I was interested in. And so I was like, this seems cool. So I kind of, I, I got on, um, I got on clubhouse in, in I think December. And when I started hanging out in clubhouse, initially I was there to make like more music industry connections, but like, obviously the, the course of my year changed, like, like I changed trajectory like 10 bazillion times, but I have, but I've been hanging out on there and I met all these other great artists and I sort of became a part of this collective of artists called the Lowbrow Art Collective. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's the guy. That's the same collective with Lurk and, uh, and all those guys, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Russ Russ Moreland or Lurk yep. loves you. So how, he, yep. how he's out there? Yeah, yeah Bri- Brian was Romero. On season two of uh, of this show. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. He's so been, he's been on here. Like I said, Jeremy Fisher was on here. I know that he's he messes with those guys. Um, yeah, those are all cool guys. Yeah, so I started hanging out with those guys and uh, and the Outsider Art Collective with um, with Wizard Skull, and we've just kind of like we've been chopping it up. Initially, um, when we were all new to it, we all kind of shared advice quite a bit. So I would tell them all about like you know how to write contracts and things like that. Like a lot of people weren't familiar with like how to operate as a as a real business, and a lot of people were going into that space full time just by force because of the pandemic, you know? So a lot of people had a lot of questions about how to, how to operate their business as an artist and things like that. And so I had a lot of answers for those people since I had been doing the commercial art thing for a while. And, and so had some of the other folks too, like, um, like Brian Romero, I think him and I are on a similar boat as far as, you know, work goes and what type of work we get. And, uh, so we would kind of team up and help folks. And, um, and that's kind of how we built out this, this little community and uh, that, you know, as you know, obviously has has sort of taken off within the NFT space. And um, so, yeah, I just I, I try to do my thing. I have, you know, I never like to put all my eggs in one basket, which is why I have this full time job. And then I'm still running my business full time. And um, and then outside of that, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the NFT thing. Um, but with that, I feel like it's really the only place I get to have it be my baby. And so I'm like, I'm going to do the best that I can do with, you know, within what, what I have time for. So I just make the time and I take my time and I put out, you know, I'm focused on quality content rather than volume. You know, a lot of people start to treat the NFT thing as a, as a consistent paycheck, which is like, you know, I don't knock anybody's hustle, um, but it's, um, you know, how could you possibly make every piece the best piece if you're doing it faster and faster each time? You know, I, I like, I don't see how that's possible. And so for me, it takes me 
forever. You know, I don't know if collectors love it or hate it or whatever. I'm just focused on putting out the best artwork that I can put out. And so that's, that's what I do within that space. And it's worked out so far, you know, like um, with with the exception of the last drop. And that was just because gas was absolutely bonkers and it kind of, kind of threw a wrench in my plans. But, um, but other than that, it's, it's worked out. Yeah. My dad, um, I talked to my dad today and my dad was complaining about gas and uh, he, um, it turns out, I think what's going on is, is that when you go on OpenSea the first time, and I, I forgot about this because it was so long ago that, um, that I did like my first transaction on OpenSea. Oh, come on. What is going on here? Why are my dogs like this? Um, hold on one second, guys. Let me, uh, let me do a shut up real quick. All right. Let's see if they listen to me. Anyways, um, no, nope. <laughs> he hates me. <laughs> so uh, my dad, um, I forgot about the fact that I, I think when you do your first transaction on OpenSea, no matter what it is, they charge you like a transactional fee for like your wallet, like an interaction cost for your wallet. And so my dad keeps hitting me up and, and um, there's been some artists, again, shout out to Brain Vomit. He, uh, he sent my dad over one of his first NFTs. And my dad, you know, he's like, have him, you know, brain bomb even said, he's like, have him sell it, you know, um, you know, get some, uh, get some Ethan. And my dad's been trying to post it, but every time he tries to post it, it's, he, he hits me up and he goes, oh, the gas fees are so bad. And, um, and then finally I was talking to him today and he's like, you know, are the gas fees bad again? And, I'm, and I go to look and I go to like post something just to kind of fake post it just to see. And I'm like, no, it's charging me like 20 bucks. And he's like, it's telling me 250 again. I'm like, sheesh. Like, yeah, you're doing something wrong. And uh, (laughs) I I actually hit up, uh, I actually hit up Kiro who, uh, who's, who's hanging out right here. Uh, He's, he's in the wings and uh, yeah. And so what's going on, man? Uh, Welcome (laughs) to the show. Oh, definitely. I've been here the entire time. I just been like listening and absorbing, man. Cause I, I love the business. Um, but yeah but that's what you know i hit up cure and i was like hey man i got a question for you real quick like every time my dad goes to post something they're just trying to charge him 250 you know is something going on here and then like you know after we talked back and forth a little bit you know it came to like yeah that's what that's what they're hitting him with is like that first time fear or whatever so um you know as part of what we do on the show is we try to inform you know new people that are getting into nfts that might be listening or whatever and you know so there might be somebody out there right now that's listening that hasn't gone on open sea or hasn't you know really opened up a metamask and is just on the fence or whatever and um just to let you know uh you're, you're gonna get hit with that 250 dollars transactional fee um for your for your first purchase so well, it depends on the price of gas at that time. It's just right. gas right. is really expensive, like 150 guay minimum. So it gets kind of wild. Yeah. So like you were saying, um, Ed, gas, is, uh, gas has been crazy lately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I also here's – here's another interesting fact is um, I would have absolutely no fucking idea because um, – like I said, my time is consumed by doing all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to handling all of the posting and all of that sort of thing with the NFT thing, um, I, I have my best friend doing all that for me. So I tell, uh, him, I, got you. I tell him, I tell him, buy this. I tell him, look out for this project. I tell him, register for this whitelist or whatever. Get on right. this Discord and and I just sit back and and uh, he does the rest. Um, so just because. Yeah, there's just not enough hours in the day. So I figure, you know, spending my time on anything is is a gamble. And right. so why not um why not, you know, alleviate that a little bit by having somebody else gamble along with me. And uh, and the dude's like my brother, so it's 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 worked out. Right. No, I mean it makes sense. Um I think that I think everybody um like when they first get into like the NFT space and stuff like that, it's easy to you know, to think like, oh, I got enough time to do this and that and blah, blah, blah. But like, <clears throat> I'll be honest, I have a, I have a buddy of mine who, um, I told him a lot of stuff when he first got into the, into the, into the game. Like he didn't know about NFTs at all. And, um, I kind of jumped him in or whatever. And I would keep him updated on like a lot of like, you know, Hey, by the way, you know, punk's comic burning, uh, you know, you, you might want to do that, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> And then it got to the point where, like, I didn't really feel like it was super appreciated. 
Um, I know it was, I know it worked out for him, but I just didn't feel it. I didn't feel the love. So I, I would stop giving him the heads up. And, um, I'm sure that because of how fast the space moves and whatnot, he's probably missed out on some of those things at this point. Do I like, am I upset about that? Um, as a friend, like would I have liked him to, to get that? So of course I would like, I'm, uh, that's the whole reason why I hit him up about NFTs and all that in the beginning. But at the same time, like, like you're saying, like there's only so many hours in the day. Like there's only so many things that we can do to even help ourselves in the scene right now. It's great to help other people as much as you can, but like you can't spread those, those hours thin or whatever um, all the time. Like you got to really prioritize out here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, dude. So, well, um, Ed, it's been good having you on. I appreciate you uh, stopping by the show and, um, and hanging out. Um, Kiro, I appreciate I appreciate you hanging out. Kiro yeah, just hit me up and he goes, I've been talking this whole time with my mic muted. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my bad. I I didn't even realize. I love it. I uh, I love it. That just makes this the episode where Kiro was talking the whole time, but nobody knew. Um, oh man. It happens around here, man. I, I can't like this is <laughs> this is uh this isn't live, but it's it, it's as real as you can get around here. Um, you know, that's about all I can say. Uh, Ed, do me a favor and go ahead and let the people know where they can get a hold of you and follow you and uh, and all that good stuff. If you have any yeah, so, you're working on or anything like that, now would be a good time. Yeah, so I, I think probably the uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is just going to. Um, going to hoodvangoe.com or you can look me up on Twitter under hoodvangoe. Um, on Instagram, I have the bulk of my work there and I, I can't have Hood Van Gogh because somebody else took it. Mm-hmm. So there I'm under re, re, art, underscore ed, re, art, underscore ed. And um, there you can see a whole bunch of my stuff. But you can also, if you just go to my website, it'll link you. Um, projects. I'm just, like I said, as far as NFTs go, I, I've been working, you know, slowly chipping away at this collection called Vibes. It's uh, Vibe with three S's at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that collection is on OpenSea. Um, I am on my fifth room, I want to say, maybe sixth room. Um, there's these, yeah, it's, it's kind of like these little capsules of what I wanted to do was sort of like document an archetype of a person within a living space. And so currently the first 10 I'm going to work on are going to be bedrooms. And it's basically kind of me thinking about what kind of stuff can you have in your bedroom that can create this archetype of a person. So for example, one of them is going to be this, you you know, your quintessential goth chick and so what would she have in a room and i think right like a sports room or something yeah like like yeah exactly like maybe she's got a cure you know like uh, the cure poster and then she's got a uh you know whatever uh some kind of like creepy movie poster and maybe she's got a chucky doll in there or whatever you know like stuff from hot topic oh i got all over i have such i have such a funny story to tell right now that i cannot tell because i don't want to get you in trouble and uh and i don't want to get me in trouble either so i guess i'll tell this story afterwards but i'm telling you this (laughs) this story is great it's exactly what you're i know lots of things like what you're talking about yeah so 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 anyway the the concept behind these rooms is (laughs) the archetype of who these people are. So, so far I've got like this alien room. Mm -hmm. I've got this Chicano guy's room. I mean, he's got like the Selena poster on the wall and all kinds of shit and like bookies and like all this stuff. Um, So yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I've been chipping away at. Um, I'm going to do 10 for the first round. And then what I'm going to do is for the people that hold multiples of these, they're all animated. And for the people who hold multiples of these, what I'm going to do is at some point, I'm going to take a look at people's wallets and whoever has a certain amount, I'm going to piece them together to string like one big sort of like Tetris looking animation together. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so that's kind of the idea. Um, And yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm on. I dig it. Well, um, like I said, brother, I appreciate you coming through. Um, just uh, stick around for a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some plugs and stuff like that real quick. And uh, um, so, just so everybody knows, uh, here are four things. Um, I have done transparent ads uh, and promo for the last six months now. 
Um, it's something that I believe is a, uh, is a real thing that needs to happen in order to keep uh, creative processes going with, uh, with radio and any kind of uh, anything that's not your typical, um, you know, NFT art uh, situation. Um, it doesn't mean that it doesn't contribute. So uh, I have always been transparent. I've always been upfront, and I don't overcharge. Um, I don't do seven ETH for three retweets or whatever else. Um, so with that being said, uh, Crypto Wrappers is a uh, is a project that's out right now. You can go over and you can mint that. Um, Kiro is a part of that situation. Um, Kiro, if you want to jump in and let the people know uh, what's going on with the Crypto Wrappers, um, you can go ahead and do that. Yeah, definitely, man. Thank you very much um, for the opportunity to uh, be on their show. Of course. And so with the crypto wrappers right now, we're kind of like trying to give a incentive for the mint. So if you check out the Twitter, um, there are some prizes and some cash prizes, basically. Next to Alien Minted, is that what it is? I thought I saw it. Yes, the the next alien minted is a two thousand dollar reward uh, in F. Yep, right away as soon as my dog loves it. it. Yes, I my dog it. my dog is fully on board. He's running the computer right now. Okay, sweet. So he's gonna mint. Uh, <laughs> he's on. that's at least one mint. <laughs> yep, you got one more out of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, right now with the project, we're actually looking to uh, find any sort of hip-hop involvement that uh is possible if anyone is interested in the project uh yep. there's some some nfts involved uh yep. can sponsor anyone that wants to get in i have to send off one actually i owe one already so and there's a couple others that i can send out to you as well i gotta get on that I'm with it yeah well, it happens. I mean, the face move, the space moves fast, but sometimes it's slow. And, well, uh, it's slow in this case because I don't think like the hip hop community isn't really onboarded per se. Right, it's still coming in. Yeah, it's still coming. In. I'm, I'm working on it, man. It's a growing process. It. Yeah. Oh, I love what you're <laughs> doing too, man. It's like been excellent. Just, I really appreciate that, Carol. Like your support for Spotty, who I'm a moderator for, who's an awesome, awesome, awesome person. In the, hip-hop community we're just trying to get a few more of the features of the project done like the chain claim and a few other things before we like we really, really start launch, promoting launch. yeah it, it's been a slow process no i can appreciate it i think i think i mean i was i said uh you know before we uh you know before i get out of here i'll just say i earlier today i mentioned on twitter i said um it was just a real quick thought i said I've been around. Uh, I've been around for the last six months, and I've been around longer than most of these projects. Um, I, I never really looked at it like that before. Like I never really uh, considered it. But like, when you look at the amount of projects over the last six months, you know, a lot of them have they they've started fast and they burn out. And um, when it comes down to it, this show has uh, has I've never looked to to go that route. I've always said from the beginning. Um, I don't care if there's one listener, 100 listeners, 1,000 listeners, um, 1 million listeners, whatever. Um, I, I, I love doing the show for people that love hearing it and that, uh, and that are, are out here and they understand, I guess, what I'm doing here. Um, it's, a, it's an NFT show, but it's not your typical NFT show. It's a, uh, it's a hip-hop pop culture NFT show. So that means it goes off the rails sometimes. Sometimes it's uh, it's a little bit more on the rails, <laughs> but but at the end of the day, um, we're here uh, for the artist. We are here for the creative. That's uh, that's what we've always been here, and we're here for the projects that are are here for the long run. Um, and that's up to the project. So I mean, if it takes a little bit longer or whatever, then that's that's just what it is. But um, but I just think there's a lot of projects out here that have you know, that have come and have gone and, uh, and, you know, those, those, de the developers or, you know, the people involved might've gotten to a different thing or, you know, they might not even be in the NFT space anymore. Um, they might come back in for the, for the second round or whatever, the third round or whatever you'd consider it. Um, but we're here. Um, yeah. well, it you know, is, so it I is about it. building, right? So like, I'm just going to continue to work on the project and 
get my end of the technical parts finished. Right. I love it. Uh, well, um, you know, my best of, uh, my best of wishes to you guys, um, for everybody that's listening right now, uh, this is more things. Um, this is, uh, a, a branch off of four things, um, where we, uh, we talk to artists and creatives and all that kind of stuff. Um, if you check out episodes four things, we cover, um, elements of NFTs. Uh, if you're just getting into the NFT world and you're looking at different things, whether it be, um, why is Twitter so important, like social engagement and stuff like that. If you're looking at um, setting up a MetaMask or, you know, whatever, um, all types of stuff. We just had uh, Spotty on where we did a great music segment. Um, if you're looking to get into the, the music aspect, um, we had Sam one on. Um, shout out to Sam. She came through in two segments. We talked about all the NFT stuff. Um, we broke down so, so many things. Um, so if you're just getting into this thing, you can go back and check out those. Um, you can check me out on Twitter, uh, at four things podcast. Like I said, I, I tend to go off on there sometimes, but if you listen to the show, I firmly believe that when you read my tweets, they come across a little bit differently. Um, if you don't listen to the show, I completely understand if you think I'm an asshole or if you want to mute me, or if you, you know, if you think I'm the worst guy in the world, all right, I get it. But, um, but I'm not like I'm, I'm out here. Um, and I appreciate the support. I appreciate everybody who listens. And especially over the last couple of days, um, we'll get into more of that uh, on the next episode. I'll, I'll talk about some other things that have been going on with me personally. Um, but again, I appreciate y'all. Um, Carol, I appreciate you. Ed, I appreciate you. And um, and I'll I'll uh, I'll talk to y'all later on. Peace out, man. Likewise. Thank you very much. Thank you.